Friends, will you pray with me? Good and gracious God, send your spirit now that the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts would be pleasing in your sight. For you and you alone, O God, are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. What a beginning to this story. A new pharaoh, a new king, rises to power, one who does not remember Joseph. It's amazing to me that right here at the start of the Exodus story, there seems to be this emphasis being placed on memory. Right? Pharaoh forgets. He forgets something, or more accurately, he forgets someone. Anyone else notice themselves becoming a little bit more forgetful lately? <laughs> I uh, have found myself in more than one conversation, more than I care to admit, actually, where I'm talking to someone, someone I know well, someone I love, and halfway through the conversation, I'm thinking to myself, I forget their name. Right? We've had all this time in isolation where we haven't been interacting regularly and, and the name just leaves me. Or um, other times I've been watching TV and an advertisement for a, a basketball game or, um, or a golf tournament comes on. And, and the advertisement, of course, is focused on the athlete or the action on screen. But my eye is drawn to the background where there are these crowds of people. And I think to myself... I forgot that we used to fill arenas to watch basketball games. I forgot that there was a time when you would go to a golf tournament and you'd stand shoulder to shoulder, six deep with complete strangers and, and nothing to protect yourselves. <laughs> I even ran into one parent this week who um, uh, just forgot about car lines. Right, It had been so long since they dropped their child off at an actual physical school where qualified, licensed teachers educate children. It had been so long since they dropped their child off, they just kind of forgot that they had to go back and pick him up in the afternoon. Right, Pharaoh forgets, but Pharaoh forgets something I would argue even more important. Pharaoh forgets Joseph. You remember Joseph's story from there at the end of Genesis. Joseph is this little Hebrew boy who is left to, to die essentially out of a fit of jealousy by his brothers. And yet God does not let him perish there in that pit. Instead, God uses Joseph and the dreams that he is endowed with to not only save the lives of those very brothers and his family later on, but, but the lives of all of Egypt. God uses this little Hebrew boy and he, he sees him rise to the heights of power that Pharaoh alone knows. But many years have now passed since the end of Genesis and this new king here at the beginning of Exodus. And this new Pharaoh has forgotten. He has forgotten Joseph. And because he has forgotten, we have this grim scene painted for us, a scene that is grim indeed, especially for Joseph's ancestors, the Hebrew people. All those sharp-edged words there in that scripture, words like ruthless, bitter, 
forced labor. It's a story that emphasizes memory, and in the case of Pharaoh, it is the lack of memory that has led to a grim, grim world. But even as Pharaoh's memory has lapsed, there are at least two people in this story who remember. Two women, in fact, two midwives, Shipra and Pua, were told their names are. You see, these two women, they remember the story of God's faithfulness. The story says that they fear the Lord, which to me sounds like just another way of saying that they remember God's activity in good and in bad times. Right, These two women, they remember not only the story of Joseph, but even further into their history. They remember all the way back to Abraham and Sarah, these, these two people advanced in age who God makes the absurd promise to that they will bear a child. And yet how God is faithful somehow, some way to that promise. Now, sure enough, Abraham and Sarah bear that child, and it is from that child that they have now descended. These two midwives, they remember the story of God's faithfulness even to the beginning of time, to the creation story itself, when God brings forth all that is into being and names it as good. And because they remember, These two Hebrew midwives do something crazy. The forgetful Pharaoh, he has uh, decreed that all Hebrew boys should be killed. But these Hebrew midwives, they fear the Lord. They remember the stories of God's faithfulness and they choose to participate in it. They do something that does not compute. They let the boys live. And from that small saving act, that small saving act, God does something magnificent. God takes their simple act of disobedience to the state, in this case, and magnifies it to the glory of the kingdom of God. I love this idea of small saving acts. How sometimes small things can lead to big effects. Have you ever had someone do something for you that to them probably felt um, just incredibly small, but to you uh, came at this precise moment where it felt like something enormous? I remember just a few weeks ago, I was, um, I was having a day, right? You know the kind. That kind of day where everything I had planned, everything I had imagined happening one way, ended up happening another, and usually for the worse where I felt like nothing was going my way that day. I wasn't accomplishing anything that I had set out to. I think I was even recording things, and it was one of these days where I'm sort of recording into a camera, but I'm also in my mind looking past the camera, and I'm wondering, is anyone actually there? (laughs) Is any of this connecting with anyone? So I'm moping around that day. 
late in the afternoon. I'm sure by this point I'm procrastinating on something. Uh, and I go to the mail pile in our workroom and there's one letter that's addressed to me. And I take it back to my office, to my office, and I, I open it. And it was an incredibly simple letter, but it essentially just said, hey, I was thinking about you and wanted you to know I care about you. And I think you're doing okay. Know that we're praying for, that we, we love you and we're grateful for you. Now, to the author of this letter, I suspect that that felt like a small act. Maybe they had a few minutes and they thought to themselves, oh, well, why not? I'll sit down. I'll write something. But to me, on that day, God delivered it into my hands in a moment when it felt so much bigger. When it affirmed that something, some way, somehow, God was at work, not just through me, but through all of us. A small act a saving act that had a big impact. It's been one of the most amazing things of this whole experience of of being a, a church together in this pandemic time, this time when the headlines of our own world so often feel grim. This time when when life and church just seem turned upside down. This time when we're not gathering in our sanctuary and instead gathering by screen. Over and over, I've been privileged to to notice just these tiny, small, saving acts. Right? Who amongst us would have thought on January 1st, 2020, that by August, uh, we would be trying to join forces with other churches to provide face masks for every school in our school system? And yet here we were this past week, when partnering with Christ Church, which is leading the way, we received 1,800 masks that needed logos ironed on them. And in less than two days, 1,800 masks went out and 1,800 masks came back in. Now, to those who took them home and ironed those little logos on the right cheek of each mask for the individual schools, I suspect it felt like a small act. But I wonder what ways God has in store to magnify that small saving act into a big note of love. For whoever picks that mask out of a bag and puts it on in the coming days and weeks, all these small saving acts. I think of our hand-in-hand ministry It's an incredible group now that has worked together to create these blankets and these quilts that to them may feel simple, even though they take time to create, but it may feel like a very simple gesture to create a single blanket or or two or three of these blankets or quilts, but to the recipients, oh, it's so much bigger. I think about our uh, blessing in a backpack uh, event that we had or bla- blessing of the backpacks event that we had just this last week, you could almost read on the faces, particularly of some of the parents, just how in need they were of a prayer, how to the clergy who were there and to Frida leading it, it may have felt like something small, but to these parents and to these students and to these teachers carrying stress and anxiety, that prayer, that prayer represented something so much bigger. Right? We perform these small saving acts.
facts, even in upside down, even in grim times such as these are. We perform them not because we want to be thought of as nice or good people or because we need someone else's affirmation. We perform them because we remember. We remember the story of a God who has been faithful throughout all of time. A God who walks with God's people through good and through disaster. We remember God's past faithfulness. And in that remembering, we find deep and abiding hope, both for our present and for our future. See, this is a story about memory, about how remembering those stories and people of the past can lead us to glimpsing God's salvific work in the present. You know, it occurs to me that there's actually three people in this story. Who remember. There are the midwives, but then there is this third young woman. This woman who, when faced with the impossible choice, chooses not to follow the edicts of the one who forgets, but rather who chooses to perform one final small saving act. Rather than tossing her infant son into that mighty river, she instead crafts a basket and lays him in it and ever so gently sets it on the current of the Nile. Could she have imagined, I wonder, how God would magnify that one small saving act. How not only a boy would be plucked from the river because of it, but how that boy would one day pluck Israel from its bondage, from its oppression, and how in that act, God would one day, all the way down the road to a stable, where another baby is laid in such modest accommodations, God would one day pluck all the world from its sin. One small saving act. And how appropriate it is that this third person in the story comes to us with no name at all. The mother of Moses, an unnamed young woman. I wonder to myself this day if perhaps there is no name attributed to that woman so that you and me may find our place in this story where you and me may be able to place ourselves in the story of God's faithfulness and wonder where and how it is we 
might perform a small saving act this day for others. So friends, may we remember how God has been faithful in the past all the way to the beginning of time. And from that remembering, may we trust that God is faithful even now. In sickness, in storm, in fire, in quaking earth and quaking world, God is faithful even now. And from that trust, may we then believe that God will surely continue to be faithful in the future. And in that remembering, in that trust, and in that believing, may we have the courage to witness to God's abiding love this day and every day and those small acts that bring God's saving love to each and every person we encounter along the way. And as we go about that memory-fashioned living, may we do so trusting and knowing that the power of the Holy Spirit, the love of Creator God, and the peace of Jesus Christ go with us this day and always. Amen.